world is his oyster at that point. He can crap in the oyster, he can pee in the oyster, whatever he wants to do with the oyster. Hello, I'm Mark. I'm Justin. We're the J-Pops, and we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 25. Today we're going to talk about some medical stuff, get into baby vaccinations and first month medical visits, but first some updates. Justin, got anything for us? Yes, our baby Nico is in week 11 now, and uh, I was wondering a very quick question for you, not the official oh, question for you. Jumping the gun. I know, I know. <laughs> we're going to have a theme music fiasco on our hands. Uh but this is an unofficial, off-the-books question. And uh, have you taken your boy to a restaurant yet? No, and I'm kind of dreading it. We were we were actually just talking about this yesterday. And I was running through the list of restaurants that I would be okay bringing him to right now. And mm-hmm. it was like a food court, McDonald's, <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Have you guys done it yet? <laughs> well, luckily, we both know a couple who owns and operates a cafe, Curio Cafe. And I feel really comfortable taking the child there because everybody mm. knows us and knows him and everybody, you know, is happy to hold him and interact with him and everything. So it's not like a real restaurant visit, but it's like visiting your friends who happen right. to own and operate a restaurant. And everything is very cool and chill there. Uh, but beyond that, I can't imagine the restaurant that I would want to like go through the whole meal experience with with the baby. Uh, you right. know, he can't sit up, can't really support his head for any amount of time, uh, doesn't eat any foods that the restaurant would serve, and so on and so on and so on. Yeah. And like the amount of problems in my mind that just pile up, I, I can't imagine dealing with it. So we haven't right. taken him to any uh, like any random restaurants. And we've thought about like, uh, you know, last week we went to the consulate and there's a really good Mexican restaurant in Osaka. And we really thought, how can we get into this Mexican restaurant? But we just mm. foresaw too many problems and abandoned it. Uh, so it's pretty much just Curio for us. That's the only yeah. place we'll go. Curio would be acceptable. There's a lot. Uh, you know, our baby's 11 weeks, as I said, coming up on three months. A lot of businesses, it just it doesn't make sense to take your kid into. Uh, one of them is the ofuro or the public spa or hot bath that's very common in Japan. Mm, true the kid's just too he's too much of a wild card like he doesn't control his bodily functions at all and uh, (laughs) he's totally defenseless and i would be kind of terrified wading into a pool isn't there an age limit i heard that minimum it depends sort of bath to bath whatever the owners want to set up as the limit Um, okay so some baths are fine with it others are not uh we're my wife is uh, talking about visiting some friends on a bit of a bath trip that's hmm. coming up. And we were just working through the ins and outs of taking a baby into the public bath at, you know, three months old. And in the end, it's just like, ah, there's just too many question marks and too many things that could go so wrong as to ruin the trip. So we thought um, this is why a lot of you know new parents seem to check out from the social scene and it's right. not that you're like run ragged and exhausted or that you've reprioritized mm-hmm. everything. It's just like, mm, not worth it. Can't go out. Not worth it. Too many bad things could befall the whole situation. Right. What about so, taking turns? Like she goes in, you got the baby outside, and then you go in. Would that not be an option? 
Yeah, that could work for sure. Um, as it goes with the public bath, I don't like them and I don't really go to them. Oh. So uh, I'm not usually in the market for it anyway. Uh, I'd be willing to go sit out in a like, you know, tatami area that they have at one of those while my wife goes in. But gotcha. um, there's still just the unpredictability of, you know, what That's if he true. starts to get very fussy in this peaceful, calm area of the, the public bath. So a lot of them have the... Uh the private rooms though for families and they even yeah. have a crib inside there. Would you be yeah. okay with that one? Yeah, for sure. I would do that. Yeah. If you can really control the area and make it sort of non-public, then I would feel mm. a lot better about it. Uh, but we're at three months now and we're contemplating getting out into the world a bit more. And the reason I bring it up is because we did go to Curio this week and it's oh, nice. great. Yeah. It's like a really nice experience there. It's a big difference when I think, the people who run it are happy to see you come in with a baby versus right. at another restaurant. When they see a baby, they're like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, so yeah, restaurants are a bit of a, bit of a weird one. I also wanted to give a book recommendation. Are you guys, I know we talked about the vision based books that you guys have for Coda, uh, like the black and white colors and things he can focus on, but do you have any other more traditional children's books that you're reading to him? Yeah, I got a, I mean, I haven't started reading it to him yet, but I have a couple other ones. We have The Hungry Caterpillar, and then I think another one, what's it called? The All the Things You'll Become, I think is the mm. title. It's mm-hmm. a very optimistic, very pretty drawn kids book. And yeah. I just, I like that idea of it. So I got it already. That's nice. Do you what? actually, have you set and read to him from those books yet? I have tried to do the hungry caterpillar a couple times and he quickly loses interest. And so <laughs> I give up halfway through usually the page that starts building on the other pages. And that's when I stop. Mm. Yeah. I think it comes with their interest in toys or their interest in a, a mobile or something. It's mm. like, you know, when the kid can focus on something, he can focus on anything. And then a book with colorful pictures is one of those things. So for Nico, it's been within the last month, say between two and three months, he's really started to focus in more on things and books are now a viable option. He'll stare at a book for every page and uh, he has no idea what's going on, I'm sure, but uh, he's just entertained by the colors and pictures. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a really gratifying experience to like finish a book and have him look at every page. You feel like he's in there and he's trying to figure something Mm. out. And so we've got downstairs, we've got a stack of like 10 or 15 kids books. Uh, and his favorite by far, this is my massive child book recommendation here is the wonky donkey. And <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> yeah. My, my mom recommended the wonky donkey to us because, uh, you know, we've got a few, few grandkids in the family now. So she's been put through her paces over the last year and a half with uh, new grandkids. Mm. And she likes the book, The Wonky Donkey. And there's a video, a YouTube clip of a woman reading The Wonky Donkey to her grandchild. And the woman laughs so much through it that she can barely get through it. And it's like this cute (laughs) three or four minute video of a grandmother just laughing her arse off. Nice. Um, And uh, yeah, it's good. It's basically a donkey with three legs. So he's the wonky donkey. And then a bird pecks out one of his eyes. And so he's a winky wonky donkey. And then like every page, <laughs> something horrible happens to this donkey and he gets another adjective put in front of his name. And uh, then you get a list of like 10 adjectives that are all like 
uh, hanky panky hunky tonky winky lanky wonky donkey like that sort of stuff. Wow, this ties so. in really well to a joke I have later. Oh, excellent! <laughs> We're gonna bookend this thing. So anyway, the uh, our not yet three month old baby will stare over and over at every single page of the wonky donkey and give it his full attention cover to cover and just loves Mm. it. Absolutely loves it. There's no explanation. Um, He'll get into pretty much any book, but we've had the most success with the wonky donkey so far. Okay. I'll, I'll look that one up. Maybe grab it. Yeah. At least watch the YouTube video because it's pretty sweet. Okay. Oh, and I wanted to tack on here that I also take what we call dad time, which is bottle feeding time. I take that Mm. as an opportunity to read aloud from whatever book I want to be reading. Mm. So, uh, because, you know, he's got his face full of bottle. He can't really focus on a kid's book anyway. So I just read out loud. And I finished already uh, Winnie the Pooh, like that original, whatever, 1920-something Winnie the Pooh. And then I I read Lucky Jim by Kingsley Amos, a British novel from the 50s. And uh, just yesterday I finished old Bill Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus. Wow. So we got, we got three <laughs> more adult books under his belt, too. Wow, this kid's already read more than me. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, Titus Andronicus is the single mo- most violent piece of literature that I think exists uh, in human history. I mean, put it up there with American Psycho. Like, it's, uh, it's got some terrible stuff going on. But, you know, get in there early. Kid can't understand. I, I find it difficult. I was trying to read one time when I was feeding him, but managing, like holding either a device or a book and the bottle, just logistically, I can't do it. So I always just put on like Netflix or something and I'll watch like a TV show while I'm feeding. I got it down to if you have a cushion, like a, a full sized pillow or a boppy. Are you familiar mm. with the boppy? I do not know a boppy. I think it's. I think that's the name, probably a name brand of the um, circular pillow that sort of ties up in the back. Oh, yeah, we got the, those. Okay. Yeah, it's like specifically for feeding the baby. Hmm. It goes around your waist. If he's fully supported by a pillow or a boppy or something, then I can feed him just with my left hand oh, because okay. he's, uh, he's laid out with enough head support and full body support, really. So then I've just got the bottle in his mouth with my left hand, and then I'm uh, holding the book with my right hand, turning the pages with my right hand, underlining things in the book with my <laughs> right hand because I'm a notorious underliner. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've got a lot of action there, but it works out. We've been through now. Uh, let me just do a little, a little calculation, probably 360 pages of like adult book read out loud. Damn. So that's good it's, practice uh, for you. Yeah, I've never read so much out loud in my life. I mean, Lucky Jim was like 250 pages and I read every word of it out loud. It's just a weird thing. Just start recording it and then you have an audible. I got an audible going. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of running commentary and like poop sounds. So <laughs> it's a very... Real, real life audible. <laughs> yeah, real life audible. It's a very idiosyncratic audible that I've got going. So how about your updates? The Kotakun. Not much. I mean, he's four weeks now. In the past week, his development has surprised me more than anything. Just like the strength of his little neck coming mm-hmm. into development is is pretty crazy. Like just like the other day, like he just started like holding it and then just like turning it. Mm-hmm. So he can like start to control things, but then suddenly he'll just like violently whip that head around and then smash it into my chest. Yeah. <laughs> And you're just like, whoa, chill out, dude. 
And then he does yeah. it again. He's just like, okay, I got balance. I got balance. Head bang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've been yeah. dreading the head to head, like, you know, the head butt. That's going to oh. be a bad day. Uh, as bad as it's gotten has been like a violent head smash into my collarbone. And that can't be comfortable. No. Yeah. He's hit mine a couple times. <laughs> But I am amazed at how resilient the kids are because like when Coda does his face smash, he doesn't really cry, does he? No, not at all. He just gets back up and looks around. If I smashed my face into anything, I'd be dazed and you like your eyes would water. But the kids do a full on face smash into your chest or your collarbone or something. It's like no big deal. It's like this is just what we do. You know, like the loud noises that, you know, your baby will hear something and then he'll do the full body jump like his arms fly out. Oh, and yeah. Freaks out, <laughs> like a startle response. It's amazing to me that they don't cry immediately after that because it's yeah. like shocked their whole body and they're terrified. And then sometimes they'll do it in their sleep and just go back to sleep. It's yeah. no big deal. And I thought, you know, maybe there's that thing of, as a kid gets older, they sort of realize, oh, if I cry for this, then I can get attention or something like mm-hmm. that. But when they're young babies, it's like nothing phases them. It's pretty amazing. Very impressive to me. Mm, me too. But that's well, it for, for my updates, pretty much. I've got some medical stuff to talk about, but we can do that in segment time. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so this past week, we had our first hospital visit it was the one month checkup for it was actually for both moe and for coda because moe had the c-section so they had to go in and kind of make sure everything was healing okay and there's no issues with her stomach or any of the scars or anything like that and then coda had his checkup as well which they pretty much touch every part of his body (laughs) And, and and that kind of stuff I'm interested in this because, of course, having a three-month-old, we did our one-month checkup two months ago, but at that time, um, I was still relegated to the hallway. I went Mm. and carried the baby, and then they said, okay, let's check him out, and then I handed him off to a nurse, and I sat back down in the hallway. Uh, Mm. My wife went in. So I never saw any of it. It was exactly the same as what you're talking about. We also had a C-section, and it was also a checkup for my wife, Mm -hmm. and then they put the baby through his paces, but I saw nothing Uh, It went on for a while, and then eventually they gave him back, and I left. So um, I have no idea what happens behind the closed doors of a one-month checkup. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they let me in there. I was expecting them to be like, no, go wait in the hall, or even like, don't come in at all. Because that's Mm -hmm. how it was for like most of Moe's ultrasound visits. It was like, nope, don't even come in the hospital. Mm -hmm. But now suddenly it's like, oh, okay, he's got a baby. So he's cleared. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was uh, it was it was an interesting experience. The uh, the thing I I noticed most was that hospitals have horrible temperature control. (laughs) (laughs) And this is specifically because they said, like, don't bring a stroller or a car seat in carrying the baby. Mm -hmm. Like, so we we had this baby Bjorn on or I did. Mm-hmm. And there's no airflow in the hospital. They keep it like pretty warm, I think, because we're just coming out of winter and they haven't switched over to like AC. Mm-hmm. But he was getting like super hot and I was getting super hot. And like we're just walking around waiting for stuff to happen. And it was just miserable. <laughs> That's uh, what you mentioned about the switching over the AC thing. I've noticed that in companies before where like, say, the central heater air of the full business mm. can only be one way. And then even if you have your individual control over it in your office or something, it's like the whole system is either set up to be hot or cold. Uh, And a 
like kind of a microcosm of that to me is the hot drink vending machine that switches over to cold drinks at a certain mm, point. Yeah. Uh, I used to live in an apartment building. There's a vending machine outside and you would have hot drinks only until a certain day and then they would reconfigure it and you could get cold drinks out of it. And so you would get used to like a hot coffee and then suddenly one day it's like, nope, you're not allowed hot coffee anymore. It's cold coffee from here on out. And that used to really frustrate me and aggravate me a lot. And to me, that's one of those <laughs> key differences between Japan and the United States. In Japan, right. it's like somebody will make the decision for you from a higher position. Like, okay, everyone, now it's time for cold coffee. That's what you're going to do. But mm. in America, it's more like, well, we got to give all the people all the options because it's very important to them that they choose what they want. Uh, I don't that's think it true. would stand in America like the sort of way that Japan is just things get set up for you and then you have to roll with it. Nobody can roll with it in the U.S., you know, no, there would be emails sent, phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There would be vending machines tipped over in the streets. <laughs> I mean, there are, but. <laughs> there, yeah, there already are. That's probably why. Maybe. Anyway, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, you're uh, feeling at the hospital there. I noticed yeah. in our hospital, there was like that sort of heater in the hallway because we were there February and March. That heater that heats up like glowing red and then radiates heat out. Mm, that's and it's in the hallway. One. Yeah, the safest of all possible heaters. <laughs> it's out in the hallway in the pediatric section. And granted, all the kids are, well, pretty much too young, but there's brothers and sisters who are toddlers, sure. you know, wheeling around. And uh, the thing that always enters my mind is, couldn't you have properly insulated this and put some vents in? And shouldn't right. that, like, cut out the need for this glowing piece of metal that you leave in the hallway? But um, anyway, that's just not the practice. No need for insulation when you have... <laughs> you know, a hundred heaters. Yeah. Yeah. They've got us all. That could be why this is such a gadgety country because there are a lot of problems left to solve and gadgets are one way to do it. That's true. Keeps, uh, keeps commerce going. Yeah. Anyway, back to the hospital visit. So aside from Moe's visit, I was able to pretty much go in and do everything with them. So the first one we went into, it was like the weight and, uh, kind of seeing how much he grew over the past mm -hmm. like couple weeks and whatever so they get him all naked they they put a empty diaper on the scale and zero it out so he's still wearing his diaper so they can kind of gauge like what his weight is without the diaper and then they put him on this just cold giant scale <laughs> yeah <laughs> which of course is not going to make anybody happy especially like a three-week-old yeah. so he starts fussing around like crazy but then, like, it was amazing. Like, she just brought this little, like, hand fan with some, like, saran wrap on it and started crinkling it over his face. And instantly, he stopped fussing and just stared at it. What? It was, it was like magic, dude. Wow. Like, both me and Moe were like, what did you do? <laughs> like, what is this <laughs> trick? <laughs> but These yeah, it worked. You must not know. No, no. She, she was the master. Wow. That, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, they're baby professionals. They deal with the babies day in and day out and they've got Definitely. a bag of tricks, but um, they are fruits we must not taste. They're <laughs> advanced, advanced techniques that we are not allowed to know about. It, I think I think half of it's the shock of it for him that he was mm -hmm. just like distracted enough by this noisy, crinkly thing that he forgot about the cold because we have one of those like uh one of those color books, the high contrast books, that's also uh -huh. crinkly. Yeah. And we've tried that a couple times when he gets fussy and he does calm down a bit for it, but 
Hmm. Not to the extreme that he did in the hospital that one day. Interesting. Yeah, we had um, something similar, which was a home visit hmm. earlier this week. And it's somebody who comes from the city. So they're more connected to the city office rather than a hospital or a clinic or something. And oh, okay. uh, this woman came and as best we can figure, uh, it's mostly about the city kind of keeping tabs on kids to make sure they have safe environments or that there's oh. not an issue of, say, domestic violence or child abuse or whatever. That's one of the purposes. And then everything that she did beyond that was sort of she measured his head, uh, she measured his chest, and then you know wrote down these in the baby book like to make sure his development is on track. Hmm. And she um, asked if we had any questions, and she explained a few things about upcoming vaccination schedule and that sort of stuff. So she was just kind of, it's almost felt like just touching the base of... Um, Right. You know, being sure we're on track, which is sort of unnecessary because, you know, we've got the vaccine schedule. We know about it and he mm. gets his uh, weight and height and his you know physical stats checked at the hospital whenever we take him for those appointments. But, you know, it's probably the city just doing like sort of welfare checks for all babies pretty much. Yeah. So one of the things that the nurse brought, uh, she parked somewhere far away and then walked here. We never saw her car, but she walked, she carried in this massive bag and she opened the bag and it was a full on baby scale, like a digital oh. baby scale. And she laid it down in the middle of our living room and we did something similar. She put a towel down inside the oh, she scale. Was nice. Yeah. So nice and warm. Yeah. It was, uh, she did. She weighed him up there. Uh, again, we had to strip him down naked and then drop him in there. And mm. uh, they didn't put down a diaper, which would have been smart. Put the towel down. Put a diaper down. Then do your tear weight. Then drop the naked baby into it into yeah. the diaper. The lady so in the hospital the, was a pro. She knew what she was yeah, doing. Yeah, we had the high <laughs> risk minute of a fully nude baby. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, the world is his oyster at that point. He can crap in the oyster. He can pee in the oyster, <laughs> whatever he wants to do with the oyster. Uh, so yeah, we had um, yeah, kind of a similar thing, but uh, that was, I guess, a little bit of a medical thing. And you guys have had a home visit, haven't you? We did. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago, almost now. Wow. Same so thing. Right lady, lady brought the scale over, did all the measuring and weighing. And hmm. She was. That was the first time we. I was able to ask about tummy time, and. She was just like, yeah, go ahead, start doing it now. Yeah, so she just kind of put him on the floor and then just kind of rolled him over, showed us an example of like real tummy time on the floor. And at this point, he was only like maybe like three weeks or so. Wow. Much earlier than I expected. So we've been doing it almost every day since then. We also had a tummy time request from the, the home visit lady. Um, so we laid the towel down on the floor and uh, we put him down and he was already half fussy, which is good for tummy time because mm. he's agitated. So he's going to be picking his head up with some vigor, you know, yeah. he's not just going to like lay down and fall asleep. So as soon as we set him down, his head never touched the floor. He was nice. like, I am not having it. Uh, but <laughs> he was proving that he could get his head right up and look around and she oh, was impressed. Good. So uh, home visit that for us, that happened almost at three months. But I heard that the Kanazawa schedule goes one month, three months six months one year a year and a half is when oh, they really do. so i think you know we're coming up on three months but i think this may have been our one month home visit oh wow i have no idea yeah. if they do all of those here i was under the impression they just did the one um we were looking into it and my wife saw where sort of every area 
Um, like every different city would have their own schedule of home visits. So uh, it could be, you know, totally varying depending on your area. Yeah. They don't have as much people in, in the Naka. Yeah. Anything else about your one month checkup? Uh, I have a few questions because I didn't see it. Uh, yeah. Did they, they didn't do anything painful at that stage, like no pinpricks, no blood tests, no shots or anything like that. No, they didn't do any of that. So after we do the whole weighing thing and she measures him and gets his, his length down, mm-hmm. then we go out and wait, wait again. And then the next time we go in is when we see the actual doctor. And at that point, is that's when they do, they pretty much just touch him all over his body, make sure everything's like in the right place and he's not mm-hmm. damaged. And then like they kind of, they do make it very uncomfortable for him. Like mm-hmm. they stick like, this metal tong in his mouth and try to get him. (laughs) So you you hear this, like, it's so sad. He's like crying. And then it's like this whimper of a cry because they have this (laughs) thing in his mouth and you just like feel terrible for this little guy on the bed here. And you're just like, hang on little dude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then they also do, uh, I think what it's called, it's a vitamin K drink. Oh yeah. Because that's the one nutrient that they don't really get from either breast milk that much. And mm-hmm. I thought they did from formula, but if they're doing like half and a half formula breast milk, then they'll supplement with this vitamin K drink at, at mm-hmm. the month visit. We do a vitamin K dose every Tuesday at our house. Oh, really? We, yeah, put like a tiny amount of this vitamin K liquid into a bottle uh, and oh. it's supposed to happen according to what we were instructed, then they gave us a packet full of these smaller packets of the vitamin K stuff. Is that because you guys are just breastfeeding? No, we're using formula as well about half the time. I mean, we were, we're leaning a little more toward breastfeeding now, but um, it was something, I don't know whose instruction it was, but we've finished it now. It was only for the first however many weeks, maybe nine or 10 weeks. Hmm. And it was once a week, we gave them a little dose of I think it's called K2. They call it a K2 syrup. Mm. Um, I actually have the uh, what to expect the first year handy, as I always do. And uh, on page 123, it talks about the vitamin K situation. Um, And this is actually in the uh, home delivery section uh, Mm. or under a, you know, planning for babies born at home heading. It says plan for the vitamin K injection or vitamin K drops. Babies born in a hospital receive a shot of vitamin K shortly after delivery. This is Mm. based in the UK, so I don't know what the Japanese practice is. Newborns have low levels of vitamin K, and these stores are used up within the first few days of life. However, there is usually enough to stop bleeding. But one in 10,000 babies develops vitamin K deficiency bleeding, spontaneous bruising or bleeding, because Mm. they do not have enough vitamin K to make their blood clot. Mm. Health professionals strongly recommend that your baby is given vitamin K, as even though vitamin K deficiency bleeding is rare, it can be fatal. So apparently, yeah, it's a problem for just one in 10,000, according to the book, but uh, might as well like sort of blanket protect all babies is the thinking with something that's, you know, non-invasive and uh, something that they can just drink here and there. Yeah, And I don't know if it's required that it, you know, in our case, it was a weekly bit of syrup that we just put into his bottle, but Mm. it might be just as effective to do it uh, as you're talking about, maybe just at the checkups or something. They give him a bit of the old vitamin K. 
Yeah, they didn't say anything about Weekly. They just, that was the only time that they took him away from us. They actually took him mm. into another room and gave him the syrup there and mm. then brought him back in. So, yeah, they didn't say anything. That was it. Yeah. We have a special routine for it here because you, if you put it into a bottle that say like, you know, 80 milliliters, but then you try to feed him that bottle and he just happens to not want it, then you've wasted your syrup and... Or if he only drinks oh. half of it, then he's only gotten half the dose. So you have to make up a special like 10 milliliter bottle just with a tiny amount of milk in it and mm. get the vitamin K in there and then do it as part of a feeding time. So you make up a second bottle. So it's like a whole production when yeah. we do it. But um, anyway, vitamin K, somebody will offer it to you. Take it. <laughs> just take all of it. <laughs> just take vitamin K where you can. Yeah. Um, the rest of our visit wasn't wasn't anything special. That was pretty much it. Um, we asked the doctor a bunch of questions and kind of got to put to rest some of our fears, I guess. Just, mm-hmm. you know, those initial couple weeks, you're like, are we doing this right? Are we going to fail at this? Is he okay? And, you know, yeah, so seems like we're doing fine. Yeah, that's really good. Um, did they give you any feedback at all that was like less than okay? This is something I've been amazed with, with Nico is that I was expecting, you know, any number of things could happen. Like I know when I was a baby, I had jaundice and uh, I had like a heart murmur and just all these, you know, random things that a baby can have that pile up. But we haven't heard a word about any of that stuff. No, no. I've been kind of worried about it, too, because I was always kind of a sick kid myself. Mm -hmm. I had ear infections all the time. I had asthma. And so I was in and out of the hospital. But so far, he's perfectly healthy. And uh, yeah. I don't know when they start to notice those things. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. my parents never told me when they first noticed I had asthma, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure it was in the first couple months. Yeah. It's, I feel very fortunate um, just to have among the thousands of potential things that could happen um, just to have none of them. uh, It seems very fortunate and I'm very glad about that. Yeah, we did notice that he's got um, like kind of strange birthmarks in three different parts of his body. They're not really Mm -hmm. birthmarks. It's more like a red mark on his Mm -hmm. skin. And one of them's down by his his ankle. And then the other one's on the back of his head, just below the hairline. And then the third one is just really tiny on his right eyelid. Mm -hmm. It almost, it almost, it's so small. It almost looks like eyeshadow. But yeah, we asked about that too. And uh, she said, it's fine. It might go away. It might clear up on its own or stick around. So nothing to worry about though. Yeah. I had a birthmark on one of my legs as a child and then it was there when I was a kid, but maybe after 10 or 15 years, it had totally disappeared. Now I can't even remember which leg it was on. It's totally (laughs) gone. Interesting. um, Yeah. So I guess they do fade. Uh, yeah, I noticed I, I met little Coda about a week ago, and mm. uh, yeah, I saw for the first time his red birthmark on his ankle, and it mm-hmm. is really like bright red, but yeah. it does seem like something that, it's like when you get a red tattoo, it's not going to be red forever, it's going <laughs> to fade away. His first He'll tattoo. To, his first <laughs> tattoo. He'll have to get that touched up. <laughs> yeah, I'll take sure. him in when he's 18. And... Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, a little aside, I got my first <clears throat> tattoo when I was 17. Oh, actually, oh. I did too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how your situation was. I had to have a parent's note to get it. I did it in my living room. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> you went the you went the back door approach. Yeah. And you can tell too because now it's just a blob of color. <laughs> yeah. I went to a real upstanding tattoo parlor and uh, I was only 17. I think my mom actually went with me. Wow, that's and, a cool mom move. Yeah, she she okayed it. I don't know if a letter would have cut it, but yeah, she she gave it the thumbs up. Nice. So maybe it could take Coda in, I don't know, 11, 12. It's more up to when Moe is ready to let me take him in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a discussion you'll have to have. Right after she hears this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> She'll pause it at this moment, and you'll be having the discussion. <laughs> so how about your hospital visit? Uh, well, the other big visit for us this week, you know, medically speaking, was we did our first vaccine appointment. Oh, right. Uh, we got him kicked off on his immunization schedule. And if you have a kid in Japan, you'll get what we've talked about before, um, what is called a maternal and child health handbook. Mm. And there's a page of that handbook that's like a big chart. And it down the, the vertical axis, it's got, I don't know, 10 or 15 different types of vaccines. And then on the horizontal axis, it's like, do this one at two months, then three months, four months, mm -hmm. five months, six months. And then all of the vaccine time periods when you should get them are highlighted in blue. And so it's this big, complicated looking chart, uh, sort of spelling out when you should get these vaccines. This isn't your only resource for it, by the way, the city will probably send you uh, like a book of vouchers or something. And yeah. that also operates as a schedule, you can tear off those little tickets and know mm. exactly when you're supposed to be scheduling these things. So uh, we ran into a little bit of a question, which is, what if we want to go to the United States, then can we say you have like a three shot vaccine sequence for a certain immunization you need to do? Could we get the first two in Japan and the third one in the United States, for example, mm. or uh, should we not travel at all because there are some that are recommended at month two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> and then some that need to be done before one. So then it's like, are we basically like locked here? You know, we need to be here every month to get the vaccines. We had all these questions. So my wife spent, um, you know, a little bit of time talking on the phone to somebody at the city office who's in charge of this stuff. And then also somebody at a clinic and got it all straightened out. And a lot yeah. of vaccines, if you, uh, really look at the the fine print of it. It'll say like do it in the third month, but what that really means is you can do it from the third month to say the eighth month or something. And mm -hmm. so there's kind of a sliding scale window for most of the vaccines. Um, in the little booklet, it doesn't specify all that. It just says like you know do this one around month three. But actually, you've got more of a window than that. Gotcha. So we thought, okay, well. Let's push all of the earlier ones to the earliest date and all of the later ones to the latest date. And then you can get like, say, even a big six month window in the middle where you don't need to get any vaccines, mm. whereas the, the schedule looks like you need to be getting them almost constantly. Uh, right. So you can sort of arrange those things if you need to. And that was a big question that we had that um, I'm glad we got resolved. Mm. But anyway, uh, as I was saying, you know, you want to go ahead and take care of the earliest ones early in case you want to travel later. So we, uh, this week got him immunized for hepatitis B streptococcus pneumonia and hemophilus influenza type B as mm. well as 
rotavirus. Mm. Uh, three of these were injections, and one of them was a syrup. Uh, for the injections, right. they go right arm, left arm, left leg. <laughs> like, you know, you gotta space them out. And I also thought, because we've all been in this uh, cycle recently of the coronavirus vaccines, mm. you know, you it's sore, and then you get a fever, and you feel fatigue and all this. Uh, but none of these have affected the baby whatsoever. Oh, that's uh, good to like, know. In terms of the, the long-term effects, he hasn't had anything. And they did say that I think the third dose of one of these could lead mm. to a fever or something. But babies are so resilient. And yeah. uh, it's kind of like coronavirus itself. Like coronavirus in general has been less of a problem for babies than for, mm. you know, the older you get, the worse it is. That's true. So, uh, yeah, it's it's more of the same there. Babies are just so tough and can bounce nice. back from anything. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, the um the visit itself was probably the single saddest thing because uh he you know sometimes a baby will be distracted or the baby's leg is so fat he just doesn't even feel the injection or something like mm. none of that was the case with Nico <laughs> earlier this week. Uh we had a discussion of who's going to hold him, you know, the mom oh. or the dad who should hold him and Sort of the, my, my wife just gave me a slow head turn and stare as I was starting off this subject from across the room. Um, but basically what we think around the house is that the dad's hands are bigger and the arms are bigger. And so you can just wrap up the baby a bit more mm. and the baby might feel more secure or at least more comfortable or something with like the larger surface of the dad's hands and arms. Mm. And that's kind of yeah. our... Yeah, it could be. I mean, who's to say, but it's kind of what we say around the house a little bit. So then it fell to me to hold the baby still. And you do have to mm. wrap him up. You know, you've got to like hold his head down, hold his arm with the other hand and keep him all pinned down. And oh, then the nurse man. is in there with her hands pinning him down because he can't be moving around for the shot, you know. So uh, they went in there into his arm and it was like not even a half second delay. It was like <laughs> needle in the arm, full scream hating it hating it hating it and then they pull it out put a band-aid on him and then it's like there's not again there's not even a five second delay it's like okay flip him over other arm hold him pin him pin him oh, boom gave him the next one and he is full <laughs> screaming full frowny face and then roll up his pant leg and then right in the thigh hated it just as much as the ones in the arms and there were no tears but there was certainly just like absolute horrible pain screaming for the right. whole experience uh then after the three shots is when they do the syrup and the not i guess she's a pediatrician yeah the pediatrician held him and administered the syrup and mm. he turned his head and looked at me and my wife and he had like these very concerned eyebrows and <laughs> it was a look of like you've betrayed me i will never forget this day and, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah but then that whole day you know it was within uh, basically once the needles are out the pain stops and mm. he dries up and he's totally fine within like 45 seconds nice. he's concerned about it and worried and like what happened what happened what happened and then like a baby he totally forgets about it and he was pretty good and for the rest of that day thinking of my own injections and the you know pain around your arms and stuff when you get a shot yourself I was mm. like really trying to not touch his arms or his leg. And, uh, but he didn't, yeah, because you got to wrangle your baby constantly. 
but he didn't care at all. He was like giggly, you know, he was mm. his own, he was his normal self for the rest That's of the good. day. Nice. So it's just that one enormous hurdle of, right. um, yeah, putting your baby through this horrible experience and then he's totally fine again. And even the next day, I mean, there were never any side effects and he was just hmm. absolutely himself uh, within a few seconds of getting okay. the last shot. Yeah, that's good. We've got ours scheduled for the end of next month. I remember as a kid having a shot scheduled, you know, when you're five, six, seven years old and it mm-hmm. ruins your week. Like as long as you know about that shot, it, I would dread it so much. I think you had more dread thinking about shots, maybe. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you didn't care. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I was so used to going to the doctor as a kid. Like, it was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to the doctor again. Okay. Man, I, like, I hated it. That's just the thought of it. And then that left as I was an adult, you know, it's like, oh, a flu shot, whatever. And you don't think about it much. Mm. But now the dread came back when it was for my own kid. But just thinking Mm. back of how when I was a child, I hated it so much. So then I started like feeling dread by proxy. Yeah, I think I'll feel it more for Coda when he starts going through it. Just seeing him suffer like that, just it's got to be terrible. It comes on fast and it's over fast. So that's mm. good. Yeah, I'm sure the nurses are used to this and they've got it down pretty pretty good because they don't want to hear a kid crying either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did a lot at this appointment, actually. It was, um, you know, they uh, took all of his clothes off, checked a few things. They did the stethoscope, like listened to his breathing, listened to his heart. Mm. And uh, when they were taking his clothes off, then they also weighed him. And I think they did a diaper change. They took him around a corner to the scale, so I didn't actually see it. But they asked for a diaper, and I assume they put him on naked and then changed his diaper. Mm. And it was a pediatrician and two nurses, and it was all three of them over him at once. And you've never seen a baby undressed and dressed as quickly as when three professional, like, you know, oh, child yeah, clinic workers are at it. Uh, so it was it was amazing to see all the the tricks that they had up their sleeves uh, just hmm. to get that stuff done. But yeah, it was a overall a good experience with one minute of horribleness, absolute yeah. unforgettable horribleness. Hopefully he'll forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like here unforgettable, <laughs> unforgettable by me, immediately forgotten by him. <laughs> but, uh, we can get into our official. My question for you is, if you're interested, I am interested. Question A, take I do. Away. My question for you is, what do you think the hardest part of having a two-month to three-month-old is? Hmm. Interesting. Um, it's amazing to me the amount of time that it takes uh, just to, to do the things that you need to do for the baby specifically. Mm. And this is a situation where I'm off work and my wife is off work and we have nothing but time. And I still, I still feel pressed for time. So I can't imagine like, you know, 99% of the rest of the world when you have a kid and you work because, you know, you just have to work or you don't have a good um, childcare leave policy or something. Yeah. Uh, Or you're off for a few weeks, but then you go back. Like, I just can't imagine uh, like the routine. I was just thinking the other day, you know, like giving him a bath is probably a 30, 40 minute window, depending on what happens. Or you plan 
to leave and go somewhere and then you have a poop explosion and now <laughs> you're like leaving to go somewhere is delayed by 30 or 45 minutes depending on how bad everything is right. so just scheduling things and keeping on pace you know it's very often that you have an idea like oh i want to do this today and then you look at the clock and it's like 9 p.m you're like well i never got around to the one thing i wanted to do today and it's just that there are so many things that come up with uh, taking care of the baby. And then also you've got to fit your own meals and your own shower and your own yeah. errands and stuff into that schedule. So uh, at two to three months old, I guess it's no different than one month old, but mm. uh, there's another little bit of a layer on top of it, which is that I feel a bit guilty to just sort of lay them off to the side and do something stupid mm. myself, you know, like, Oh, I'd love to watch this YouTube video, which I do, you know, I'll watch some video or whatever, but I would feel guilty about it in general and not do it and say like, well, he's awake, he's alert, let's read a book to him. Mm -hmm. So then even the times where he doesn't immediately need something, I feel the need to be interacting with him. And um, not that it's a, a bad thing, but then it just ends up consuming the majority of your day. And right. I don't understand how people are handling other things like jobs and other children and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think there's a lot more of that, the putting him down and doing the other things. Uh -huh. Like for us, I think it's the same way. Like I feel maybe guilty, but it's not even like guilt. Like I want to spend more yeah. time with him because like yeah. he's just learning all this stuff. So I'm like, oh man, I want to get in there. I want to like, I want to help him do tummy time and like lift his head yeah. more. Yeah. And so, and then when I'm not doing it, like I feel guilty, maybe just like putting it off on Moe. Like when we do these things, like she's in yeah. the other room, just like hanging out with him. So I'm like, all yeah. right, well, when I'm done here, I'm just going to go back and take over so she can have time. And it's a lot of that. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about there. And it's stuff that you want to be doing with the kid, but in your mind, you have other things that you want to be doing as well, like maybe some mm. yard work or if you have some project or hobby or something that maybe doesn't necessarily have to be done, but it's something yeah. you want to take care of. Then uh, in your mind, any given day, you can have like 40 hours worth of things you want to do in that you know 16 hour period when you're awake. Mm. I tend to favor the the baby since I have the chance to. But that's been the thing that surprised me. Uh, you know, when you first imagine taking leave for childcare or something, you sort of think like, oh, my day will be kind of free and I can take care of this and that. And I can also take care of the baby or whatever. But another part of it, though, is that at this age, he wants to be vertical. He wants to like see things and look around mm -hmm. and he can't do it on his own. So no. to get him vertical, you'll have to be holding him and then both hands occupied. And like, there you go. That's what you're yeah. going to be doing. You know, yeah. so say you have like a little woodworking project or something that's just out of the question. You're not going to be handling power tools and also <laughs> trying to entertain a three month old. So no. this other stuff that's constructive or good, it that also falls by the wayside. And it's not like I feel bad about like, um, oh, man, I want to do what I want to do. It's not like I have that mm. impulse, but it was just surprising to me how much of that stuff goes away or can't be done or just somehow falls away in the shuffle. Yeah, you get you start to get into the routine and then you're like, all right, well, today I got to go to the store. And then just like you were saying, you're like, oh, well, it's already four o'clock. I guess I'm going to the store tomorrow now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that happens constantly. Yeah. And we're talking about, again, a two parent situation where neither parent is really working. Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, I couldn't manage to get to the store today. Maybe sometime this week. No, I, I can't imagine. I think a lot of people, I know at least for friends and other family back in the States, like there's a lot of like grandparent babysitting and stuff. So there's more mm-hmm. of that, which we don't have here and you guys have a little of, but not much, not as much as America, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's how most people probably get it done. And we do have, yeah, the grandparents will stop by anytime we ask. Uh, we t- tend to keep that stuff in reserve for if there's a real appointment or something really important that my wife and I both have to go to, you know, you Mm. don't want to have them over like every other day, uh, which they would probably be happy to, but you just don't want to wear them out like that. So yeah, it's been, I guess the simple answer to the whole question is just the balance of the time was different than I expected it to be. Yeah, me too. I was not ready for the days to go by as fast as they are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Sure. It's routine that it's, you know, dark outside or it's 9 or 10 p.m. Uh, mm. And I just notice that that's happened. <laughs> and Actually, I was yeah. thinking about this. Like, I'm glad this is happening, like going into summer at this mm-hmm. point in his life. Because if yeah. we were going into winter yeah. and then it's dark at 430, you're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I really <laughs> didn't do. I didn't even see yeah. the light today. <laughs> yeah, I just woke up. What happened? <laughs> so this is a good season. At least you get some sunshine. <laughs> Yeah, best case scenario. So everybody try to have your kids in late winter. But, yeah. uh, well, we can also get into some Japanese of the day. Yeah. What do you got for us today, Sensei Justin? Japanese of the day. Today is the word mokuyoku. And mokuyoku, it's a fun word to say, mokuyoku. It's just a good word. It means bathing your child, generally. Mm. So uh, mokuyoku is a noun. You can just put a suru on the end of it, like most Japanese nouns, and make it a verb. So mokuyokusuru, to give the kid a bath. Mm. And uh, I like the mokuyoku kanji. Uh, it's two kanji. And some people might know the moku part just from mokuyobi, which is mm. Thursday. And that Thursday is a tree, right? The moku right. and Thursday is a tree. The um, moku in mokuyoku is the same tree kanji, but with the water splash mark next to it, that water radical, which is sort of like three little dash lines. So it's like a wet tree is the first <laughs> one. And that moku means um, washing, or it could be washing your hair, just general gotcha. washing kanji. Then the second kanji is... Uh, Yoku, and it's the same as valley, which is Tani, which you'll see a lot of times in Japanese people's names. Mm. Tani is a common name kanji. But then again, Tani, uh, that little part, you add the water radical again, the three little dashed lines. And uh, you've got Yoku, which means bathing. And Hmm. my wife tells me that it shows up in other words like sunbathing. So yeah, it's not exactly, it doesn't have to be like washing, but Hmm. some type of more a broader bathing i guess so yes. we've got mokuyoku which is like a wet tree and a wet valley side by side and that means generally washing your baby very helpful one there um how about dad jokes you got anything i have three dad jokes today oh but i hear you've 
you've made your own? Yeah, I thought of a dad joke yesterday, <laughs> and uh, I wrote it down. It's English, so no worries there. Nice. Uh, I'm really, really proud of it. And uh, <laughs> Why don't you lead off with that one? Then? Okay, I'll hurry it now. <clears throat> it's springtime, and in my neighborhood, everyone's been doing their landscaping, and they're all planting the exact same type of tree in their yards. It's poplar. <laughs> that's that's pretty perfect. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's all I got. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. So you don't have any more? No, no, that's it. I think okay. that I think that suffices. I mean, that's equivalent <laughs> to several dad jokes. To several right, lesser so, dad jokes. All right. <clears throat> what did or I'm sorry, I'll go back. <clears throat> Why did the old man fall into that well? Uh, why did the old man fall into the well? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me think about this one for a second. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Because he couldn't see well. Oh, man. <laughs> is, is that it? Is it something like that? Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. So this one this one will tie back to what we were talking about earlier, but what happened to the world's tongue twister champion when he got arrested? Huh. What happened to the world's tongue twister champion when he got arrested? Uh I don't know. What was it? They gave him a tough sentence. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. I was working on Miranda rights and then like tongue-tied and he got zip-tied but it wasn't working out for me but tough sentence is really good yeah it's right there okay this one i think is is dear to your heart what's the easiest way to burn a thousand calories <laughs> um i feel like this one's not gonna be a clever play on words i feel like it's gonna be like light a big Mac <laughs> on fire or something <laughs> what what is it leave the pizza in the oven okay yeah <laughs> there you go uh, oh, I do love pizza. I had a whole pizza yesterday. I got. I started going to Costco. They have those mini pizzas. Yeah, they're like literally like almost the size of like a, a coin. <laughs> like they're so small. It's like two bites. But they they've been getting me through. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, making a whole pizza is a luxury these days. Yeah, so you can just throw those four of those little guys in the toaster, and you're good. My trouble is that I always dress up a Costco pizza, so I'll cut up a you know some mushrooms, green pepper, uh, bit tomato. I'll put carrot on there, put my own cheese on there. A carrot spices. on a pizza? Yeah, man. I these days I put a carrot on almost every pizza. It's insane. I've never had a carrot on a pizza. I mean, that's up there with pineapple. I think for some people. Yeah, it's it's got a sweetness to it. It's got its own taste, but it's good. It's uh yeah, I just I like vegetables, so any vegetable I have in the house, I'll put an avocado on a pizza. I don't think that's a vegetable, hmm. but I'll just anything, anything I have in the house, I'll cut it up and load it up on a pizza and bake that sucker. That's my recommendation. Nice. Well, now we have pizza time. <laughs> pizza <laughs> we time. <can> just <laughs> add that to a new segment. I say the phrase pizza <laughs> time every week. <laughs> anyway all right well i think that's all we got everyone today you got anything else for us nope i'm all good it's uh half past pizza time at my place so 
ditto. Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at jpopspodcast or by email at info at Talk to you next time. It's pizza time. <laughs>